name is Brian uh, Waters. That's my government name, but I go by Yakol. Um, I recently, well, I'm in the process of my name change because of um, who I believe I am uh, as a as a as a spirit and as an entity. So that's the it's the name change um, from from Chapel Hill, North Carolina, but I reside currently in Uganda. It's Kellen, and today on Diversified Game, I have somebody who is doing something that nobody else is doing on YouTube and on Africa, combining, you know, he's been in Africa, went to go there to play basketball, found out during the pandemic, you know, agriculture, uh, he's good at it. He has the tickers on there on his uh, YouTube, and you guys check in the descriptions, wherever you're listening, or the minority of you who watch you know, check out his stuff because I think it's super dope, super fly. You know, he said his government name was Brian, but if uh, we got men wearing dresses who want to be called women and we got to respect it, we got to put some respect on his new name, Yakul. Ain't that a cool name too? So Yakul, welcome to the show, my bruv. How are you doing? Peace and blessings, brother. My, my name Yakul means God is everything in Hebrew. So. Amen. A amen. Name, name change. But it's a pleasure. First off, man, let me just say, uh, I'll follow your show. And, bro, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. You're, you're a gift. And people don't know it yet. But you're going you're gonna to change the world in a lot of ways, man, when people get a hold of your energy and your content, bro. I really believe that, man. You're a good soul. Blessings. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. You know, you never know. I tell people, and I'm sure you can understand this. You never know what you're doing while you're doing it. You're just in the moment fulfilling your purpose. So it's for everybody else, like the scriptures say, to, you know, give you your reward, your praise, and you just keep pushing because like that, things can change um, for the better, you, you know. And that's how it happened to you. And I just want to give people, you know, some of the, the back end story. And I want you to fill in the blanks. But going to Africa to play basketball, some people might have thought, oh, maybe he was rich already. Um, he already had it all together. Give him the game on, you know, how you transitioned over to, you know, paradise from Babylon. And so... Uh... <laughs> So I'm a I'm a struggling professional basketball, 37 years old. In 2018, at the beginning of 2018, I, I visited Uganda from China, and I was over in China. I lived in China for four years uh, with basketball, and I came to visit. My brother called me on the phone and was like, "Man, you need to visit Uganda because his wife lived his, his wife lived here at the time. Now she's in the states, and so." Long story short, I got called some racial slurs from my professional basketball team in China. And I was like, man, I'm done with China. I get on a plane. As soon as I landed in Entebbe, man, I was like, it's, it was the sun. <laughs> as soon as I felt the sun, I was like, man, this is different. I felt, I felt different already. <laughs> I was like, this is home. Just smelling the air. I was like, man, this is home. I haven't even seen outside the airport, outside the runway. I haven't even got into my terminal yet. You know, baggage claim. I'm just getting off the plane. I'm like, man, this is. I feel, I feel good about this. And so, uh, I got here. Everything was just going right. And I was like, man, well, if I'm going to stay here, I gotta, you know, I gotta find a team to play for because 
I don't want to go back to China. I want to stay here. I want to try to make a home here. And uh, so I started following my brother. I found a team, but on a, on a job side of things uh, to make money and to, you know, have some type of profession, I started following my brother-in-law around and he's, he owns this group called uh, Chica Troop and they are a traditional dance group. He won uh, uh, for, a, is it a Freema? There's a, the Freema Awards or something like that for the best traditional dance group in all of Africa. His group won that award. So he's pretty major here in Uganda and Kampala. And so I started following him around. He's doing, producing music videos. We're going to uh, the studio and I'm listening to him record. He's an amazing artist, by the way. And I'm just soaking up all this stuff on entertainment. I'm going to uh, uh, professional boxing matches and concerts. And I'm, I'm getting good at filming. But one thing that fascinated me as soon as I got off the plane and when we started driving was everywhere I looked, I saw a banana tree. I saw a mango tree. I saw a papaya tree. I saw an avocado tree. I saw a jackfruit tree. I'm like, man, you don't see this in the States. Not even in North Carolina where they grow, you know, crazy tobacco and cotton over there. You don't see that. And I was blown away. I was blown away. Brother, are you there? I'm here. I'm listening. Oh, oh yeah. All right. So I, I was just blown away. Like the ground here is so fertile. And, you know, as soon as you put a seed in it, something grows. And um, so my neighbor, I walk over to my neighbor's house and they've got soursop. At the time, I never heard of soursop before in my life. And I didn't know that it's, it's like a thousand times more powerful than chemotherapy. Mm. I was like, this is insane. She's got oranges. She's got lemons. She's got limes. Like. She's got chickens, she's got cows. And uh, I'm just soaking up the game. How do you grow this? Uh, how long does it take for it to, to, to harvest? You make money off of this? Uh, how do you sell it wholesale? What's the price? And so I'm just collecting all this data because I never knew how lucrative agriculture was. Like my family, we owned a small farm, but that's, those are my ancestors. Like I never had a piece of that farm. And long story short about my family was we had our, we had 80 acres in Northern North Carolina and the government play because when my uncle died, he didn't pass the will down. He didn't, he didn't make a will. So they snatched it. They snatched our land from us, 80 acres. Wow. And so, um, I just became so fascinated with agriculture because we was right there in front of us. So, um, during COVID-19, COVID-19 was just everything for me here because I couldn't leave Uganda. They locked down Uganda. Curfew was at 7 p.m. And so I had to get out of the city because the city was just too crazy, right? Too chaotic. And plus lockdown was, they're taking lockdown way too serious. So I started going outside of Kampala, uh, Masaka, Mbarara, Fort Portal, and I'm, I'm interviewing farmers. I'm interviewing um, um, the Benuro Qatar Kingdom. You know who were the, they were the biggest and most um, prestigious kingdom in East Africa at one point. And I'm going to factories. 
and I'm just learning about agriculture. I'm learning about the history of, uh, of Africa. I went and visited a king up in um, Kasasi, right, where the Rwenzora Mountains are. And he's telling me all these facts about Uganda and how important Uganda was uh, at its prestige, how it was like one of the best places to be in all of Africa. And um, I was just blown away. Like, yeah, I grew up in the U.S., but this is home. Like, it may be Uganda, it may be Tanzania, maybe wherever, but this is home because this is where my this this is where my people are from. You know what I mean? And um, so I had I had to figure out, okay, where do I want to leave my mark? Well, I, I know my passion is agriculture. Uh, but how do I want to go about it? And I want to be innovative uh, because I think that I, I see the riches that people can make. I see how lucrative agriculture is. Why don't we as African-Americans or as European-Americans, why don't we understand the value of agriculture, of growing your own food and putting a seed in the soil and feeding your family or making an income? And um, I think that's the passion behind it is, is I want people to get back to the old way of doing things. For one, the food is crazy. You know, the stuff that we eat today. You know I mean, I, I saw something on McDonald's and they feed people human meat. And the, the, the potatoes, the, the French fries will last in your system longer than gluten will. And I'm like, man, this is crazy. So, that, I mean, that, you know, they're purposely making us sick through the food. Yep. And a lot of our food is genetically modified. Um, it's not good for us. So another thing about us going back to our roots is you look at the project. If, if you look at the projection of Africa and, and agriculture, right, it's crazy to think that agriculture and food is going to be a trillion dollar industry in Africa by 2030. And you got to think how many millionaires are going to be made, how many billionaires are going to be made off of agriculture from now until about 2050. And you look at other countries, you look at the food prices, they're rising. Food insecurity is through the roof. There are uh, uh, food shortages everywhere. But Africa, like I can grow, I go on the side of the road, man, and there are unlimited amounts of pineapple, watermelons, mangoes. And I'm like, wait, something ain't that. Something, something's not adding up. Tell um, them how so, it tastes, too. The difference, because um, you never have a real pineapple until you get to Africa. So, so I want to start with the bananas, right? You go to, if you go to Paris Teeter or Kroger or wherever you go, um, in your case, what is it down in, down in Florida? Publix. Right, expensive ass public. You get you an organic banana, right? It tastes like cardboard compared to the bananas here, right? Um, another thing, have you ever heard of banana juice? Banana juice? No, I mm. have not. All right, so when you think about banana juice, right, you think about maybe something that's kind of like a smoothie type. Maybe it's, you know, kind of thick. Maybe, you know, it doesn't have a, um, 
it doesn't have a juice like taste it's probably like more of a smoothie right mm-hmm. here in uganda they produce what is called banana juice and it tastes like a sweeter version of apple juice and it's the same color as apple juice and i went to the factory i went to go see how they made it because i used to drink it every day it's mm-hmm. so good especially when it's cold and they say like it's so they feed um they feed banana juice and also like banana chips to cancer patients when they're going through, you know, their, their tough time with cancer, uh, chemo and stuff like that. They feed it to them and they say it nourishes their body. Um, I'm, I remember before and after practice, I would drink it and I would recover very quick. So I'm like, dude, why does nobody know about this? So that just goes to show how important agriculture is. There's so much about agriculture and what you can do with it that we don't know about uh, in the States. So um, pretty much, man, I'm, I'm here to bring a global awareness, especially to uh, the diaspora community on agriculture and, and to get people farming again or get people investing into agriculture again. Long story short. I love it. And, and you know, what you're doing, I, I just want to make it clear because sometimes people have different perceptions when people go to Africa and, you know, you cleared out the way that you went to, to play basketball, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't all good. I assume now that you're making more money um, doing agriculture. We just recently had an African, um, an American who went to Africa. He plays in Cape Town, Jared yeah. Harris. We had him on the show and he said some guys, yeah, he's like, some guys might only make 3000 a month, but you know, when Uganda 3000 a month is like $11 million. Now that you're, you know, in agriculture, is that money, is, is it better to be in agriculture than NBA? Cause you know, on this side, they hear professional sports and they just think, oh, you're rich are you richer than most, but in agriculture, you're talking about making, you know, millions and billions and not just in shillings, Ugandan shillings, but possibly in, U- in US dollars, euros or whatever, yen, whatever y'all want to spend. So, you know, talk about the, how going into the stuff that's not as sexy as basketball, how much more um, professionally it's progressed your, your wallet. So I, I will say this, um, Agriculture has been good to me, but I'm nowhere near where I would like to be. And that's, so AgriSale, what you see with AgriSale is a revamped um, business model of what, I, what I'd like, what, what I envision, right? Taking agriculture to the next step. I told you I want to be innovative. Um, so basically what I'm doing, what we're doing is creating the, we're creating the stock exchange for agriculture and we're basing it here in, in Africa. And what is that, what would that look like? What does a stock exchange for, for agriculture looks like? So imagine this, um, rice, right? You, you, you look at rice in Tanzania and if I put up $97, right? In a three month span, I'm gonna be able to make 50% of profit from growing rice after three months, I sell it wholesale, I make 50, well, the, the, the return will be 
the, the return is actually more than that, but the, the return that was somebody would get back in the exchange would be uh, a 50% return. Normally it's about 80%. Chickens, right? If, if I want to grow chickens and, and have a free range chicken farm, I invest $2,000, right? I'm going to get back $6,000 in return. With the exchange, you'll get about 150% return. So that'll be around 500, uh, sorry, $5,000 back off of a $2,000 investment, right? And that's over a span of four months. Oh, wow. So instead of, instead of putting your money in S&P, instead of putting your money in Dow Jones, you know, we're creating something for Africa. Because yeah, you have the stock exchange and, and people put their money in stocks and bonds, but what about agriculture, right? There's a food shortage, people need to eat. So we're killing two birds with one stone. We're growing food, we're feeding people, but you're also getting a return. So but let me ask you this, because somebody's gonna uh -huh. hear that and get really excited and try to throw some money at you. Are you taking investment right now um, and right now, you know, because there's always like a learning curve when you're doing stuff like this. And I've invested in Africa. I have a whole site. You know, it's a beta site for, for years, but we bet it certain, you know, businesses. Um, is this something that someone can say, look, I'll give you my 2000 and see you in four months? Or how, how does that work? Not yet. Um, we haven't released it yet because right now I'm still getting the farmers, the wholesalers together. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm still getting in contact with factories because I want this to be something that runs like clockwork. I want it to be a well-oiled machine. Um, I wanna know that I have these farmers trust. So, so I talk to the farmers one-on-one. -on -one. I, I say, you know, you're gonna have international investors. So are you ready for that? Because if they don't make their return of what you're promising, then you know, that's the whole rabbit hole that we don't want to go down. Uh, so especially, you know, when you're dealing with lawyers, uh, you're dealing with the government. So um, that's the one thing that we're trying to really, we're just trying to weed out and trying to meet more farmers. Uh, who do we think is, 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 is promising for what we want to do? Uh, that farmer, they look like they're lacking. So now we don't, we don't want to deal with that farmer. But this farmer, yeah, we want to deal with them. They're professional. They've got 500 acres, uh, 300 of which they're not using. So they're primed for what we're doing. And they're serious. You know, they, 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 their produce goes to market. They have a good market. Uh, when I say good market, they have good wholesalers. They, they constantly grow something and sell it. So that's what I mean by good market. Um, so that's, we're just trying to fine tune it. But I would say in two months time, we're ready. We're ready. Uh, we are we are taking investment from a, a structural standpoint um, because with AgriSell TV, um, we need better equipment um, and we, we have to pay employees. So if anybody is interested in investing in that part of it, which is going to make us be able to improve our production, that will be awesome. But in, in about two months time, we will be up and running and on YouTube, on Facebook, on Instagram, 
And uh, I mean, I really believe it's going to change the world. I will have a target on my back. I'm, I'm, I'm aware of that. But hey, somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to say, look, this is possible. Uh, we're here to, to, to take advantage of the ag agricultural boom, the green revolution here in Africa. And who's with us? Who's on board? So, well, having that target also. And, oh, no, I'm sorry. No, 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 I'm saying, having that target, you know, it can be a good one because even while you and I are talking, I've sent your stuff to some people, <laughs> some in the government, even um, uh, because I, I, what you're doing, I love it, man. I love it. So, no, keep going. Tell that story. Actually, I was going to switch over. Uh, I was going to switch over to something else. So, oh, go ahead. that's. Go ahead. Cell. That's AgriCell, right? Yeah. So we want to, want to create, uh, we are creating the stock exchange for agriculture, right? But also it doesn't stop at agriculture, right? Um, our, our exchange is an all around investment, right? So for instance, what does that mean? If I want to create a, a store, a storefront, whether it be clothing, whether it be food distribution, or whether it be a restaurant. So we have the manpower and the networking and the infrastructure to say, hey, if you invest $5,000, you can actually start a restaurant. You can, small, a small, you can start a small business and we'll run it for you here because there are so many people that need work. But if you create the right environment for them, they're going to work for you and they're going to work hard, right? And what are we doing? We're helping to, they call they say it, buy Uganda, build Uganda. We're helping to buy Uganda and build Uganda, right? A lot of people don't know this about Uganda, man. I mean, obviously, I'm sure everybody's heard about the gold, but they're, uh, <laughs> they found a ton of oil, a crap ton of oil. And I think Uganda is going to be one of the leaders in Africa soon. Uh, they're heading the East African community, uh, and they're about to turn, what is it, um, Uganda, Kenya, Rwanda, Tanzania, Burundi, and Congo, uh, DRC, they're about to turn that into really like, I guess, one state, right? So that's the East African community. So Uganda has just built the, the longest heated pipeline um, in the world, going from Hoima all the way to Tanzania, uh, the coast of Tanzania. Why is that important? It's important because Uganda just built an internet. So uh, there's a city called Hoima. I want everybody, if you're interested, look up this city called Hoima, right? Hoima is where they found the, gold, the, the, the oil. They found the oil in about 2000, I want to say 2012 or 2008, somewhere around there. But they were real quiet about it. They built an international airport in the middle of nowhere, and Hoima is in the middle of nowhere. So what does that mean, right? That means that that city is going to boom. They built an international airport in the middle of nowhere, and it's filled with oil in that city. That city is going to boom because there's gonna be workers that go there. There's gonna be construction. There's gonna be all types of stuff. So uh, when I went to go talk to the Benero Kataro Kingdom, they're located in Hoima. And why was it important to go talk to them? Because they've been inviting the diaspora back because they're, they're, they're willing to give out, rent out free land. I won't say it's free, but 
they're willing to rent it out. They've got thousands of acres that they're willing to rent out. And it's like, all you have to do is have a plan. All right, I want to go there. We're going to go there. We're going to grow corn. We're going to build a manufacturing uh, facility there to, 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 to uh, harvest that, not harvest the corn, but to, to manufacture the corn, right? Process the corn. And, and then we're going to ship it off, whether it be uh, international shipping or whether it be local distribution. Why is it important? Because that produces money. Afterwards, in about they'll, they'll give you a 15 to 20 year contract. And then after that, they'll reconsider signing you on or they're just going to take the land back. But that gives you a 15 to 20 year head start to making some killer money. Right. But what all, another thing that you will be doing there is you would be maybe bring in teachers. Right. They may need restaurants. And that Hoima area is also big in um, safaris. There, there's a lot of tourism around that area. So if there are tourists that are going to be there, there are going to be workers that are, be, that are going to be working there, um, mining the oil. They're going to need places to eat. They're going to need hotels. They're going to need entertainment. Why aren't we thinking like this as a people? Because we don't know about these opportunities, right? We literally have opportunities to go to lands and start over fresh as a people, right? or as a group of people. And I guess that's why I say I'm a target because I don't mind sharing this information with people to let them know like you, you can have a, if you really want something in Africa, you really want an opportunity not to just to buy a home and, uh, and to find a job. No, you can create what you want. You just have to be strategic in how you do it. But there are resources here that will allow you to create what you want. So um, Uganda, man, Uganda is gonna be big. They, they're already calling Kampala like the, uh, the Hollywood of Africa, right? They were going to host the MTV Awards here in Kampala, the African MTV Awards here in Kampala. But when COVID-19 hit, they said that it wasn't a good idea. And I was invited. And uh, because my brother-in-law, who I was telling you about, he invited, he told me to come with me because his group was supposed to be performing at the MTV Awards. So, um, man, I, I'm just, I'm so excited about the future of not only what I got going on, but the future of Africa and the future of our people, because it is destined that we will shine. Amen, amen. Let me ask you this, because that other part of the target you know, if you don't have a, a wife or two yet, you know, we might do that for the next interview because I don't want to get people off the, the business. <laughs> but, you know, you're talking about HOMA and how, you know, we, we've seen how growth is here in the States, right? Because America's so big and it's so, um, you know, the systems are built and they work for some people and they work for, you know, uh, a lot of people, you know, our internet, we don't have to worry about our lights for most people, I would say who have jobs, but how do we then, and maybe this is part of your community give back, or maybe, and I'm gonna ask you what your community give back is because, you know, connecting us is something that we need. It's difficult as a foreigner to trust people when you go to a new country, unless you know another foreigner who speaks your language, or someone who's into your system. So one, what is your community give back now or in the future? And two, um, you know, 
can people reach out to you now for that and say, hey, I want to buy some land out there. Help me. Let's go be some business partners and make this money. So community give back and the money part, please. So, so here's my community give back. And it's crazy that you asked me this question because I've never really shared it with anybody. But it's kind of like my. You there, brother? Yeah, I'm here. Sorry. Uh-huh. It's kind of like my, you know, my uh, secret weapon. You know, I throw it to the side because this is something that I'm aiming for, right? So um, I, I want to buy about, uh, there's a, there, I know there's a region here that has a square mile of land, right? I love to purchase a square mile of land, turn it into a farming land, but also, let me backtrack a little bit. So I'm a sports guy, right? Um, the thing about Uganda is they've got the best fruit, the best fruits, the best vegetables in the world, right? Uh, they've got fresh animals for consumption. The, the people here are strong, but there's no coaching. There's no, not, they don't have the proper coaching. They don't have the some people don't have the necessary means to go to a school in Europe or a school in America, high school, and then work their way up to college and get a free college education and go on to play pro ball. But the athletes are here. So what I would love to do is I would like to create this, this, this community where you, you have about maybe, so a square mile, I wanna have about three small districts, right? And in three small districts, I want to have at least, you know, either let's just say 200 people in each district, 200 athletes. Uh, in their downtime, they would farm, and um, they would, in, in, in their, 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 the time that we have allotted for, there would be training, right? Then where they farm time, we play games, right? We have like this professional, quote unquote, professional league. And they wouldn't have to pay time for it. All it was just help our farm, our farm, you know, this, this corn or whatever we have on the land. And um, we would invite anybody in to come in and watch these athletes play, right? And why is that my give back? Because eventually I want to get children involved with that as well. And you have to add a, a school component, right? Where they, you know, you give them free education. But I would love to see a day where um, Africans can not only take over soccer, but take over basketball, take over all the sports, because uh, they, they, their upbringing is so different from ours. You know what I'm saying? Um, no, no offense to you know me growing up in America, but um, black culture in America is, is full of crap. And I hate to say it that way, but it's it's all predicated on entertainment, music sports you know uh doctors don't get a lot of praise lawyers don't get a lot of praise teachers don't get a lot of praise even you know just the common folk that work nine to fives at you know a fast food restaurant uh we don't we don't praise those people enough and here on the continent i mean their conditions are much worse but they don't glorify what we glorify. They actually have their ancestors. When their ancestors walk in the room, they stand up. They may even bow to their ancestors, you know, your grandfather or even your dad, or, you know, um, an elder, 
So uh, I, I really have respect. And that's when we talk about why I love it here, why I call it home is because of my culture. I know this is my culture. I know it used to be my culture, right? Um, somewhere down the line, I don't know if you want to call it the circle of life or whatever the case may be, reincarnation, but I know this is a part of who I am. And um, I, I really want to give back to the people through sports because I feel like, all right, you have the culture. Now go out and get, go out and take what's yours. You know what I'm saying? Go out and compete with these other, and, and you know, you see it in, you see it in soccer. You're starting to see it in basketball with Joel Embiid and, and Giannis. I think um, but I want to see Africa just take over. And what I like to do is help these guys to become better so that they can make Africa better when it comes to their own, their own African leagues here. Because now, they, like you said, they have Val here. Um, the African soccer leagues, they don't get that much praise. I, wanna, I, wanna, I would love to be in a position to uh, create better athletes that play in these uh, African sports leagues so that they can make more money here instead of going overseas and playing. Um, I don't know, man. I just have a special place in my heart for, for sports in Africa. So when I'm here, I, I train kids in basketball for free. I don't charge a dime to do it. And uh, I love to do it. But eventually I want to I wanna scale it into something bigger, something much larger where they're farming where they're training, uh, the way that we train back in the States and, uh, and, and, and give them some games to play. And the way that it would work is they would go play in their leagues when they don't have any, because of, like you said, the guys here don't get paid a lot in these basketball leagues. They might get paid a hundred dollars a month, $200 a month. Right. So after that four or five months is over with, then they're stuck looking for a job. Their team's not practicing for another you know, six to eight months. So what are they doing? They're not doing anything. They might not, they might even can't make it to the basketball court because they can't afford transportation. So they're stuck in their yard, maybe doing push-ups and sit-ups and maybe not doing anything. Uh, so during that downtime, I would love them to come to the farm, to the to the one uh, the one square mile that we had that we were, we were gonna purchase and then no, they can farm, play, train to prepare them for the season, and then hopefully to get a call up to the the NBA Africa League. That's what I would love, man. That would be a, a blessing of mine. That would be a blessing from the Most High if I could do something like that. I love. Sorry to be so long winded, brother. You know, no, I lo I love it because it's a teachable moment, and I'm going to tell you why. Because it's it's speaking to me, somebody who like yourself. With you know, I've been going to Africa for over 20 years. You know, every chance I get, I, I want to be able to not just go there, but be able to invest. And now that I'm, you know, older, seasoned, um, you know, we have we have things there where we can stay in certain countries longer because we own right, uh, and we've invested. And what happens though, and I'm sure you've gotten this, like you've embraced it to where you can say more than Mambo or Uhaligani, or you might know some um, Lugandan, you know, you might have really <laughs> know it. And then your family looks at you or your friends look at you and say, oh, now you think you an African. I'm a dual citizen now because I went through the Sierra Leone program. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, thank you. But, but Uganda too, 
Bantu people are in Uganda and Kenya, and the Bantu is where we all come from if we're all connected. So you'll have people who are Pan-Africanists say all this stuff, wear the dashiki, and those are ugly half the time when y'all are wearing them straight from China, just letting y'all know. But, you know, they wear all that stuff, but then when you really say, oh, I'm connected, they look at you like, oh, you think, no, I'm just know who I am now. I did it. I was a fish out of water. So can you talk about any of that pushback from the American side when you talk and you're so excited and how people say either it must be nice or you think you African because Africans will never tell you that in Africa. They just you know embrace what? you. Yeah. I think the worst thing now is this whole FBA versus uh, <laughs> non-Black Americans. What, what is it called? Uh, I don't Afri even I don't even want, I don't keep it. Like, you know, your database, I purge that nonsense out of my database, man. Man, like even now, I, I see Tyreek, he might post something about it. I just scroll right past it because, I, you know, you, they're going to start this. They're going to try to start this war, you know what I mean? And, and it might not be a physical war. It might just be more of a mental war than anything. But I see that now, and I'm just like, well, y'all have no idea. Like you just got, you have to come over here. And so me and my brother, me and my brother, we call it, uh, what, what is the proper term that we call it? It's, um, it's not you're letting go, but it's, uh, when, when, when you, when you come, when you first get here, there's some things that you're going to realize. There's some things that you're going to see about yourself and you're going to look at yourself like, damn, like, it's, it's going to take a long time for you to realize, like, I've been fucked up in the, in the, sorry, sorry, excuse my language. I've been messed up in the States. The States have really messed me up or this system has really messed me up because it's, it's taken me, it stripped me of my identity. I don't know who I am. I don't know where I come from. And when I do realize where my, my, my original culture there is going to be pushback from myself. Like, nah, I'm not doing that or nah, that. Why would I do that? Or why are they doing that? You're going to ask yourself so many questions and then you're going to come to find out, man, I'm full of crap. Like I, I should change my ways or I, I should be doing it like this. Um, so for me, that was, I had that self-reflection of um, my true culture and understanding like how to treat women when I'm, you know, or, or just the Western world, this Western, uh, this Western system that we live in, man, you know, you got, you got white people all over the TV, you know, just telling you how to live and, and, and telling you what to buy and telling you how to think and you're looking at their perverted ways. And I watch TV here in Africa and it's totally different. I mean, obviously they're trying to push certain agendas, but it's nothing like it is in the States where everything is gay on TV. Like, I'm here and I'm just like, man, this is uh, this is my culture. And I, I learned so many bad things. I've been programmed to think so many bad thoughts that I don't even want to, I don't even really want to go back anymore. And, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I'm good over here because I realized um, what made me in, in the US. I realized who was steering who I was, who was causing me to think who those thoughts that I was thinking or say certain things that, you know what I mean? I had no business saying. Whereas here, it's like, 
man, this is my culture. You know what I mean? You got to pay. And in some cases, you got to pay dowry for a woman. Or there's a there's a long process. And in, in sorry, in a lot of the cultures here, in a lot of the tribes, there's a pretty long process that you have to go through if you want to marry a woman. You know, there's an introduction ceremony. Then there's a second ceremony that you have to go through where both families meet. And then there's a wedding after that. And, you know, in America, like I, I'll give you a, a funny story. So when I was here and I met my wife, right, I went to her dad and I asked her dad if I could marry her. And he looked at me like I was stupid. Like, what are you doing? Like, nah, you have to go through the oldest. You have to go through the oldest sibling. And I'm like, huh? Yeah, you can't do that. And so I was shocked. I was shocked. I was shocked as, as, as crap because, and I was embarrassed because obviously TV, you know, you're you watching these shows. We're taught that you go to, to the father and, you know, ask for the, the marriage and he gives you his blessing after, you know, they go play golf or something like that or, you know, have some drinks and, you know, he asks you a few questions, you know, see what you're all about. And, nah, bro, it don't go like that. You know what I'm saying? There's an actual, there's a spiritual way in doing it that's been passed down from generation to generation to generation from the beginning of time, as far as we know of. Um, and that, and that's called that's that's called being an African. So that that's a book. Don't give them too much of that because that's your your your, your book. When you write your book, that they, they're gonna <laughs> learn and get all of that. And it might even be a retreat because you gotta. I call it decolonizing your mind when you you get that purge all that what we've learned here because you know. You've heard this. I know you've heard this. I got guys, I'm not going to call them out because some of them are on YouTube, but they were like, hey, when I go to Africa, I want 10 kids. So I might need to have more than one wife. I've had people who've had more than one wife on my show. It ain't always what it's cracked up to be because it's not about the sexual. It's about the emotional. And um, one person who's a friend of mine, I won't say his name, but he would tell you on camera, he's been on my show. He says, it's remembering, remembering Kelly, Kelly, how you deal with each woman at different times because they all react to something different. That is called stress and stress kills. Stress kills a lot of black men. So I want you, when you're jotting down on your book, which I can't wait to read because your experiences will just, it'll have me oh. chuckle. Um, this is the game. And you guys, I, I want you to get this game. And then I want you to go subscribe to his YouTube channel, which that YouTube channel, I, I need my YouTubers who I'm sending this stuff out to, to really connect with him because, and we're gonna get into the, the other part of the ticker, but on your YouTube mm -hmm. channel, Yakul, I want you to take it off YouTube kids because it, it, it's killing the oh. algorithm. Yeah, take it off kids because I can't do something else and watch it. And there's some other algorithm stuff that you'd have to understand Hindi to really verify it on YouTube. But we, you know, gotcha. for what you're doing, the people who really need to see it, that alone can hinder it. Cause like, I can't, I gotta watch this without doing something else. And we all kind of have ADHD, but there's some algorithm stuff in that too. But you guys don't understand Hindi. So that's why y'all come and get me to get the game. But tell the people with your ticker, um, 
Are you making up those prices? Is the government making up those prices? Or is it a different body who's saying rice is worth this much, diamonds is worth this much? Where are you getting that? So um, fresh fruits and produce I get from the actual market. So we take trips to the actual market and get those prices, right? Uh, in terms of the prices for minerals, uh, we, we, we look those up online. So the reason I think that the ticker is important is because we show you, all right, this is the price that it, that the, the price for corn, the price for maize in Uganda, this is what it is per, per, per kilo, right? Now, and then we break it down. This is what you're going to pay in USD. If you were to just think about crops, say you're going to the market or say you're looking to invest, uh, then those numbers are going to be there. What you go, you, you know, you, if you go to Whole Foods, if you go to Food Line, whatever the case may be, Publix, I want you to go and compare those prices from what you see in Uganda and what you see in your, your grocery store. You're going to be amazed at um, the price difference, whether it's Tanzania, Kenya, or even Ghana for that matter, anywhere in Africa. The food is so much cheaper in terms of investing into food. And we want to be able to provide market analysis data so that, especially in Africa, if you want to you know, invest into a certain country, um, you can say, hey, uh, the numbers in Uganda look really, really good. Uh, it's very inexpensive. Let's travel to Uganda. Let's do some more research or let's, let's contact Agricel. Let's see how we can invest into watermelon. Let's see how we can invest in a, in a soursop. Let's see how we can invest into rice. Um, so that's the key to the ticker. Now we are going to add some more things to the ticker in terms of numbers. Uh, I want to do kilo and I also want to do wholesale. So the reason I want to do the wholesale price is so that people can see how much um, a bag of rice is going for on the wholesale market. Right. Once you see what it's going for in the wholesale market, then you ask yourself, man, well, what is it? How much did you have to put up to create or, or, or to get though to, to get that wholesale number to uh, be able to sell your rice at X amount of dollars? And then once you get those numbers and you can see the, 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 the return that you're going to get. And with the numbers, they're updated um, almost every week. So you're going to get accurate details and once you take those numbers and you can do the math, then you're gonna see, man, agriculture is very lucrative in Uganda or Tanzania, Kenya, wherever you are, or wherever you want to invest. Tanzania, and then we just won um, with AgriSell. So, sorry, but I'm outside, man, there's bugs out here. No, no, no worries, no worries. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wrap it up because the the internet is um, telling us, you know, um, it's going. And for those of you 
who have bared with us to the end, I thank you for listening. It's been pretty good. I would say, you know, I give it a 90%, but we all know that 20 years ago, we could not do this. So we're happy to get the game. And if you want to learn more, you go to the links in the description and you reach out, especially if you want to say, I want to be on that waiting list to invest. I want to know what's new. I want to share this information because at the end of the day, and, I, and, and a lot of us understand in America, the writing is on the wall. Um, we need to have places to go. The rich, the wealthy, they have other places to go. The, the Jews, the Mexicans, the Chinese, everybody in America has a place to go except Black Americans. You need to have a second place to go just in case. So you can co-purge, you can find out who you were. America is a social experiment. But I want you to let them know. Wow, wow. <laughs> crazy you said that. It's crazy you said that. Yeah, <laughs> but, but let them know where they can connect with you. What's best? I know you have a, a website. Tell them if it's a website, LinkedIn, what's best to connect. And we can do this again and again, because you and I are going to talk after via WhatsApp and go back and forth on messages, because my, my brain is like, okay, you got to meet this person. You got to meet that person. Um, so I can be reached. Um, you can reach me on Agricell News, A G. R I S C E L L news at Instagram. And I can also be reached at Agricell World. Uh, so, Agricell World, I didn't even tell you this, but Agricell World, we talk about world um, agricultural news. So, you're only hip to the African agricultural news. We also do a world agriculture as well. So, that's, that's page. I'm, I'll send that to you. But I didn't even tell you about um, my, my, my other project. This is the biggest project. Um, we're creating Zillow for Africa. Okay. Oh, no, so, no, yeah. that's gonna be another that's gonna be another interview because yeah, I want them to be able to hear it clearly. And I'm gonna show you, um, I'm gonna show you what I was talking about earlier, but no, I wanna I want them to hear it clearly. But Zillow Africa, you guys know a great storyteller always wants you having more. And I'm telling you, the best is yet to come for Agricel. I want you to check out the links in the description because I'm excited. Hi everyone. Have you ever been curious about visiting Africa? Which African country were you interested in? Kenya, Nigeria, Uganda, South Africa, Ethiopia. Which country are you interested in? My good friend, Kellen Cash Coleman, came up with a course called My First Trip to Africa that'll guide you through this process. It's only $20, and in this course, you'll learn about passports, visas, vaccinations that you need before you go there, as well as a budget, uh, how much the trip is gonna cost. He also talks about what you should pack, uh, what you should take with you, how you should travel on a budget. Did you know that 100 US dollars is worth 1,000 South African Rand and over 10,000 Kenyan shillings? So imagine what you can do with $100 back home. I say back home because I'm from Sudan, I'm African, I already know how it's like. I know that you know when you convert Canadian and American money, it goes a long way when you're traveling across Africa. So if you're curious, um, if, if Africa is a place that you've always wanted to go, 
always wanted to move there, Kellen Cash is the person to ask. Check out the course, there's a little preview you can listen to um, before you actually purchase it. If you're interested in this course, visit www.diversifiedgame.com. Don't miss out. <laughs>